The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For more information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org. Thank you, Brother Joe, for having us sing that last verse. That's from the Psalms, by the way. And David, a very accomplished musician, said, If I forget the Lord is my shepherd, if I forget the Lord is king of glory, let me lose every skill I've got until I remember who he is. And that's what I trust we're here to do this afternoon. Um, I'm in a, 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 a weird position but I don't blame the Lord for this at all because what I want to present to you this afternoon is in the Word of God, and if I've interpreted it properly, then it's not wrong to say. Um, it just seems like an unusual place to be saying it because I don't know a whole lot of you. I know some of you. This isn't my home church, but this is something that I can't get off of my mind. It is something that we have looked at at Mount Perrin recently, um, but it is very important to me and has actually been... Um, when I have been acting right as a minister of the gospel, it's been a hallmark of the way I've tried to live my life. And that is, um, how do we define our religious practice? Uh, turn with me, if you would, over to Matthew chapter 22. And their companion text that's found in Mark chapter 12, I want to look at something of how the Sadducees and the Pharisees act. These were the religious leaders and prominent groups of the time, and most of the congregations acted like either of these groups. Most likely, the bad habits of both of them is how the congregations acted, and as it is with our congregations today. Um, I feel a little more comfortable saying this now 20-some-odd years into my ministry than when I first started because I've got some gray hair now and I've been around the block and um, if people get upset with me, it doesn't bother me near as much as it used to <laughs> um, because I want the best for the Lord's people, Amen. not any particular person, Amen. Uh, particular their opinion of me. And I hope that's not the case this afternoon that somebody has a problem with what I'm saying. I hope that you listen to what I'm saying. Here in Matthew chapter 22, the Sadducees have brought a question to Jesus um, because they didn't believe in the res resurrection. That's why they're sad, you see. Um, Y'all know the joke. Um, and so they bring up this, this foolish thing, thinking they could trick Jesus in something. And Jesus answers their question truthfully, shows that their, their idea is wrong. But what I want to look at is the Pharisees are going to ask him a question in just a second, and then Jesus is going to ask all of them a question. What I want to look at is the reaction of them in between. Here in Matthew chapter 22, um, verse 33, it says, When the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. Literally what that means is Jesus was teaching in a way and with such authority that the whole crowd just stood there with their mouth hanging open. Yeah. That's not wrong. That's worship, by the way. Amen. When you consider the greatness and majesty of God... Don't shut your mouth, open your mouth, <laughs> and just let it hang open and wow. That's the multitude. What about their leaders? What about the preachers? But when the Pharisees heard that the Sadducees 
that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. This was their arch enemy. This was them, them Arminians over there, them Calvinists over there, that, them Catholics over there. This is the group they didn't like. And Jesus put them in their place. Notice how it's worded in Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12 and verse 28 says, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? So combining those two together, they liked what Jesus did and putting the Sadducees in their place. That was the extent of their religion, folks. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's been many years since I've seen it, but there is a scene from the movie version of Fiddler on the Roof that just sticks in my mind. And that is the rabbis in that little village were always gathered together and just always talking and talking and talking. And it really didn't matter whoever gave the right answer. It's who said it best. And so they could win the debate and win the day and everybody, ah, and be all happy because of the turn of a phrase. That's what was happening here. But here's what's bad. All of the city of Jerusalem and Judea around about needed to be fed. And all of the preachers were busy making sure they could beat the guy they didn't like. This proves it right here. Because he answered them well. And when he put them in their place. Wow. That was the way they thought. As long as I'm better than that Sadducee, the Pharisee says I'm justified and I'm doing all right in God's kingdom. The Sadducee says, as long as I put that Pharisee in his place and show people I'm smarter than that Pharisee, then I'm all right. See, both of them were religions of self-justification. Right, right. And what I mean by that is they didn't say, well, I'm actually more right, I'm actually righteous. They say, I'm more righteous than them, so I'm okay. That's not good. Amen. Being more righteous than a pile of dirt is not very righteous at all. Right. Here's the reason why <laughs> this is very special to me. Um, early on in my ministry and, and, and before that, I was very, very good at practicing religion this way. I could win an argument. I was trained in debate, and I could be wrong in what I was saying, but I could win the argument. And uh, I was proud of that. And I got around some primitive Baptists that practiced religion that same way. Yeah, God help. And so we were better than everybody. Then there was this man named Elder Mike Ivey, who the Lord blessed me to have him put me in my place. I'll skip some of the introductory to it, but I didn't like Mike at first, but after I met him and heard him preach, it broke my heart. But in the process of that, I had to turn away from the kind of religion that I was practicing, fighting what I thought was the good fight of faith, finding out I wasn't fighting a good fight at all. (laughs) I was fighting a bad kind of fight. 
to doing what I needed to be doing as a minister of the gospel, but more in particular as a child of God. And here's how it went. One of the first subjects that Elder Ivy gave me to study was these fellows right here. The scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Gave me about a month, and I know I'm being recorded, and I don't know if this has ever gone out. I don't care at this point. I thank the Lord for, for this. Gave me a month to study them. Came back to his house after that month long of study, and Elder Ivy only asked me one question. He said, did the Pharisees recognize the Christ when he stood right there in front of them? And I said, no. And he said, go study Old Baptist in Texas. Mm. He was talking about me. I'm not talking about another group. I'm talking about what I was doing. Right. When I realized that if Jesus walked in the room, and I wouldn't even recognize him because of what I thought religion ought to be, that frightened me. Yeah. And sometimes we ought to be frightened. Amen. Right. There's a time in the Psalms where David writes, well, it's, it's actually when they are bringing the ark back to Jerusalem from the Philistines and uh, before they take it to the house of Obed-Edom and those men, the Lord kills them for touching the ark. You know what it says in Scripture? David was displeased with God. But the next verse says David feared God. <laughs> He realized it was wrong to be displeased with God. And so for now 20 some odd years, I have struggled with that to make sure that it is men that I'm displeased with or myself that I'm displeased with and not being displeased with God. Even if every other person around me says this is the way it ought to be, if the Lord doesn't approve of it, I need to go my own way. Amen. Amen. So, singing school folks, when I've told you to embrace your weirdness now for so many years, it's where it comes from. (laughs) I've been an outsider in a lot of things. Being this kind of outsider is not a bad thing, though. That's right. Amen. Because they wouldn't give Jesus a place to lay his head. They wouldn't give Jesus a place to sleep for the night. I want you to, in your personal studies, we've been doing a study through all four Gospels at once. We call it a walk through the Gospels. We've been at it for almost four years now at Mount Perrin. And we're in the last week, the week of Passover, before Jesus is crucified. By the way, one-third of all the Gospels is still left. And in that entire week, every day ends with Jesus going back outside of town. Going out to the Mount of Olives. Right. Our Savior was crucified as a homeless man. Yes, He was rejected by the established religion. Now, I want to get into the principles of this, but I want to give you a little bit of Old Baptist history. There have been times in Baptist history where we have to, had to make a stand where false doctrines and false practices have come in. And I think we did it right for the most part. Sometimes I think we got a little ugly. But for the most part, I think we made righteous stands and contended for. And that's one of the main things, is Jude tells us to earnestly contend for, not to contend against things. Right. So we need to be promoting the truth. Amen. And that will expose error, and you don't have to worry anything after that. You don't have to focus on the error. That's just going to confuse people. 
And so in the early to mid-1800s was probably one of the hardest times for Baptists. We know that the Black Rock Address was written in 1832. I think it was the right thing to do. And I think our brethren were blessed by that. There was an increase in churches uh, amongst those that taught grace. There was an end gathering. But a couple of generations later, there wasn't an enemy to fight anymore from the outside. If you were to go ask, what, a thousand out of a thousand and one people today, what's a primitive Baptist? They're going to look at you like you got a third eye. Right. Am I right? Yeah. We're insignificant in the world. Right. Back when that split happened, we weren't insignificant. It was right. a good portion of the United States of America. But we have become insignificant in, as far as people knowing who we are. And so we can argue against the denomination over here, the denomination over there. They don't care one bit about what we're saying. <laughs> right. And neither should they. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is we've begun to feed on ourselves. Yeah. Yes. I discovered this about the same time because I was working on the history behind the the Primitive Baptist Hymnal, the blue hymnal that we printed. And in doing that, we wanted to have sections of the hymnal with similar topics. If you've seen that, you've seen the topical headings on there. Mm -hmm. What I was very alarmed about when I looked through our old hymnals in history is long about the mid to late 1800s, there were no more hymns being written about the return of Jesus Christ. Mm. Now, there was a multitude of hymns written about dying and going home. I get that. The mortality rate was pretty bad. People had 12 kids because eight or nine of them died. Right. So I get that. But what I also get is the fact that we had stopped focusing on the imminent return of our Savior. Yeah. Yes. And Jesus taught that he denied his master's return. And began to smite his fellow servants. Right. And that's what happened in our history. Told you our history is not as pretty as we want it to be. It's true though. But does that mean it has to continue because that's the way we've always done it? Number one, I'll tell you that we haven't always done it that way. The United States of America owes its freedom foundation to the Baptists. That's true. Amen. Amen. The first charter written in the United States of America that guaranteed 100% religious freedom was the Rhode Island Charter, and it was written by Elder John Clark, an old Baptist minister. And so we've done it right, and we've had the right kind of influence. But I fear now we too often get so focused on being right and making sure everybody knows that the other person's wrong that we've missed. And so now I want to go back to the context of this, where this statement is that the Pharisees and the scribes were happy that the Sadducees had got put in their place. We know what the Sadducees asked. So what do the Pharisees bring? Here in Matthew 22, verse 35 says, Then one of them, which was a lawyer, which is a scribe, asked him a question, tempting him. Notice he's not really looking for an answer. He's tempting him. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? How can it be tempting him 
asking him a question about the Bible. Well, does Adam have a belly button? <laughs> when I was coming up in the ministry, folks, that was something people would preach about. What a waste of time. Amen. People ask me that question all the time, and they didn't like my answer because I answered it. I didn't hum-haw around. I said, well, if he did, it wasn't for the same reason you and I do. Yeah. I don't know, and I don't care. Right. <laughs> so how is he tempting him in this? He doesn't want an answer. He wants a fancy turn of phrase to make them look better than the Sadducees. But really, what this lawyer is doing is what other lawyers have done. When Jesus said to love your neighbor, what did the lawyer say? Who's my neighbor? You know what's behind that question? Who am I allowed to hate? Amen. Y'all answer that question for me. Who are you allowed to hate? Not a person, that's for sure. You can hate the devil. <laughs> but there is not a single scripture in the Bible that supports you hating another human being. That's right. Amen. Does the Lord hate some people? Yeah, yeah he does. But he's sovereign, we're not. Right. And so he's tempting. We don't know exactly his motivation, but notice what Jesus does is what he always does. He turns the table back on them and teaches the lesson about what their true religion ought to be. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now the Pharisees had come up with like something, 680 something laws. And they decided some of them were more important than some of the others because the ones that were easy for them to do, that was the criteria that they taught to please God. And we're doing these, and so these other ones don't matter, but we're okay. The truth of the matter is you have to fulfill the entire law to please God, which means you can't do it. You must have Christ. He's going to get there. (laughs) But you do have a responsibility to recognize what these two things are. See, the religion of self-comparison, the religion of self-justification, the religion of one-upping or putting down other people does not, first of all, glorify God. Amen. That's the first reason that we are here. I remember very clearly the day that I got taken out to the woodshed. I remember the title of the sermon. What the gospel does do. And I said, I've heard my entire life what the gospel doesn't do. And you know, I searched the scriptures. And there's not a single negative statement about the gospel in it. Amen. So why are we saying it? Because mm-hmm. we don't want to be like this group, or we don't want to be like this group. Right. Be like the group that's in the Bible. Amen. Amen. Earnestly contend for. Amen. That's a much higher mark. Amen. By the way, Amen. to contend against an error, that's a pretty low mark. Yeah. Well, I beat that error. Yeah, that error was made by moron. So yeah. you're, not, <laughs> you're not very high on the intelligence scale in that. Right. To contend for this, Jesus says, everything goes to God. Amen. But then he said, the second is like unto it. He put it on equal. Love thy neighbor as thyself. 
John expounds on this in 1 John and teaches us plainly that a man that says he loved God and hates his brother is a what? He's a liar. He's lying to everybody and lying to himself. You cannot honor and love God without honoring and loving other people. Amen. Amen. And that's something that these two groups weren't willing to do. That's something that in what I thought was the practice of religion that I, I didn't know I was allowed to do or supposed to be doing. I thought as long as I was proving that we're right and they're wrong, then we're good to go. And we wonder why we ran off so many people. Yeah. Like I said, this is a weird subject to be speaking away from home, but I'm older. (laughs) Been around the block a time or two, and I think what I'm saying is true. Amen. And if it's not, toss it out the window. But come talk to me and show me where I'm not right. Right. Amen. Because it's not an accident what happens next. So on all these, on these two hang all the law and commandments. You know, even if you don't memorize the Ten Commandments, certainly probably can't memorize all of the law. Brother David might be able to, but, but he cheats. I think he's got a photographic memory. He doesn't actually have to memorize it. But if we are concerned all the time of having to keep all of these things and not do these things and do these things, Jesus says just honor God with everything and love your neighbor all the time. You're not ever going to violate any of the rest of it. That's right. Amen. So Jesus turns the table on them and says, your religion is not doing the very foundation of everything. Amen. It's not honoring God. Jesus would even go on to tell them at one time, he said, I come to Jerusalem and I would have gathered you under my wing." You teachers wouldn't do it. Gave you one job to feed the flock that's there. And you slaughtered them and ate them instead. Yeah. Mm. While the Pharisees, we don't get the Pharisees' reaction (laughs) to this. Other than in the other two uh, gospel accounts in Mark and Luke, it says no man durst ask Jesus another question. (laughs) He had put their religion in place. Yeah. Showed them that it was not religion. But the next phrase in Matthew says, While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? Why do I think it's not an accident that this came next? It's because the Holy Spirit did it, first of all. Secondly, what would be hanging in my mind is, Wow, to fulfill the entire law is that. And I fail it. Continually. Amen. Amen. I need help. Amen. So what does Jesus say? Here's your help. Amen. Amen. That's right. What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, the son of David. That's a right answer. David, uh, Jesus doesn't say it's a wrong answer. But notice what he said. He saith unto them, how then doth David in spirit call him Lord, saying, In spirit means inspired by God to say this, as in God said, David said this. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then called him Lord, how is he his son? If the Christ is going to be of the lineage of David, what, 14 generations Great grandpa, 14 great grandpa up there. 
But he calls that 14 great grandson, Lord, how is this possible? The only way that it is possible is what the Old Testament taught, and that is the Messiah is not just a regular man. He is God in the flesh. Jesus says the answer to honoring the Lord first is that he is sovereign and Jesus Christ is his son. Amen. And that the Messiah didn't come to set up a political kingdom for you to run out the Romans and become in charge again. Right. He came to establish his true kingdom. Yes. A spiritual one. And he is upon his throne because notice what this says. Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. That is saying, this is talking about the Christ would be killed, buried, and resurrected and ascend to sit down on the right hand of the majesty on high. It's taught in Scripture, in the Old Testament. Why did they miss it? They couldn't see the forest for the trees. They had the Torah, the Word of God, but they preferred the Talmud, men's commentaries. They liked what men said about things. Now, I'm not saying to toss out and go home and, and burn your commentaries. I'm not telling you that. I am telling you, though, you can read enough commentaries where you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say, and you're going to miss the detail that Jesus is the Christ. That's what happened to these men. They relied on the writings of their forefathers. How did Jesus begin his earthly ministry? Ye have heard that it hath been said by them of old time. Jesus didn't argue against the Old Testament. He argued against what these men were saying about the Old Testament. And so read... But if you can't tell the difference between what's truth, what's the meat, and what's the bones, don't read it. Go back to the Word of God. Because it's written on a sixth grade reading level. You know what that tells me? I read on about a fourth grade. (laughs) Because it's hard for me to read. It takes me a lot of time. I wish I was better at it. I wish I got faster. It just doesn't seem to happen. But I do know when I take the time and read it, Everything I've read to you is very plain to see on the page. Most of your Bible is that way. Amen. God preserved it for us. He didn't hide his will from us. He revealed his will to us in his word. And so Jesus asked them the question to make them question their religion. So I'm asking you the same thing. The Christ, whose son is he? Is he David's son? You're right. But do you realize that he is God's son? Amen. And that God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. Behold what manner of love that we are called the sons of God. Do you know then it only makes sense for us to do the second one? Why? Because Jesus, the Son of God that died for our sins, that we couldn't do anything to justify ourselves, he took care of it on the cross. We are justified by the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ, period. He took care of that. He said, as he's going to the cross, greater love hath no man than this. He taught us how to do what we were supposed to do. And what are we going to do tomorrow here? We're going to take bread and wine to remind us what he did. 
And then when we wash feet, it's going to remind us of that second one that's like unto it. Amen. It is a symbol of loving our neighbor because that's how we love God. Amen. And can I tell you, if you don't like what I said, you're missing something. You're missing a liberty and freedom and a peace that you can't find anywhere else. When I laid down that fight, and I found, I could clearly see that Jesus really did do it all at that time. Amen. Because up to then, I was trying to make myself fit in with the righteous group. You know what? We don't fit. Right. Because there's one righteous. But we've made it, been accepted in Him by God choosing us before the foundation of the world, sending His Son to die for us, resurrecting Him from the dead, declaring His righteousness counted to us and the promise that He is coming back and He's going to make His enemies His footstool. So who's our enemy? It's sin. It's not another person. Amen. Amen to that. And if we would do what this brother taught us this morning... We can change our nation again. Amen. Not from Washington down, though. That's right. Because that's not how this country was built. It was built in little houses on the prairie. That's right. Where dad was Christ in the home, taught the word of God, and they went to church. And they believed what it said, and they lived by it. The community did that. Well, a family did it, then the church did it, the community did it, the state did it, and the nation did it. That's right. America is another nation. We've actually outlived what most nations do that tried what we've tried. Right. We've made beyond 200. We're living on borrowed time here. Yeah. But I don't want our focus on being what's America going to be like tomorrow. I want what am I going to be like tomorrow? Amen. Amen. Am I going to change today and fight the true enemy, which is the devil? And do that by loving the person that even though they're unlovable, so was I when Christ died for me. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Am I going to love them? Am I going to help them? Am I going to, even if they're in error, am I going to with love earnestly contend for something though? Don't just break down what other people think. Actually, you don't even need to break it down. Just be so joyful with the truth that is in Christ Jesus that they want what you've got. Amen. And you know what I found? is those that truly want that liberty, that freedom that is found in grace plus nothing, they'll gladly lay down their work system. They'll lay down their will system and say, well, I've seen it happen. Not many times do we get to preach to people. Joe's getting to do it a lot now. Preach to people that have never heard pure grace. But you've seen this reaction. Their shoulders physically drop. Mm -hmm. You hear the air come out. And they ask you a question. Why has nobody ever told me this? The only answer I have for them is, I don't know. (laughs) I just know it's in here. Amen. You have the best story that has ever been told. Amen. The greatest story ever told is not fiction. Amen. The greatest story ever told is that Christ came and took care of the things that you could not do and showed you all you've got left to do is love. Amen. So, well, I don't always do that. 
That's what grace is for. He covered that. So repent and go love. Amen. Because that puts God first. And if God is first, then others are first. And then we have a nation where anger goes away. Wouldn't you love to see that? Yes, sir. Wouldn't you love to be able to go to places and people not be mad at one another? But it seems like everywhere we go, people are mad. And you know what? I don't blame Washington. No. Mm -mm. I don't blame Roman Catholicism. I don't blame missionary Baptists. I blame primitive Baptists. God help us. If we truly believe this is the true church and we've set the foundation of how the community around us ought to act, you know what? I think they're acting just like we've acted. Mm. So let's change. Amen. I'll, I'll give you an easy assignment. Love Joe Nettles. <laughs> if you can't love Joe Nettles, you've got a problem. Amen. Now, I'm not saying you've got to love what he eats. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is if you need to learn how to have joy in your life, that man cares for people. That man remembers people's names. That's love. Remembers details about their lives. Love Elder Paul Troutner. I don't know if any of y'all know him. He's in his 90s. Oh, he's a Last time I had seen him was 20 years before, but he remembered where I lived. Because he cares about people. Because he knows that's how to honor God. And he's just going with that assignment. And isn't that a precious one? That we could be a benefit to other people. I hope this has been a help to you. If not, please help me. Because this is all I want to do. Amen. I just want my life to be one of service to the Lord. That's the reason in liberty, there's the word service and love and live all occur at the same time. Because that's the only way I know how to do it. May the Lord bless you all. My Amen. Amen. We thank you for listening to today's message and invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For further information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org.